0: Kichijiro can catch these hands. I'm Meg Jansen.
1: (laughs) I'm Noah Jansen.
2: I'm Eliza Jansen. And this is Twin Peaks. Gosh, I love movies.
0: to Twin Picks, the pop culture podcast that takes two films that share some kind of tenuous connection and makes a double feature out of them. I'd like to start today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we're assembling and their elders past, present and emerging, the Wurundjeri and Kulin nation.
2: And over here in LA, I would like to acknowledge the original custodians of this land, the Gabrieleno
1: people.
0: How's everyone doing?
1: Yeah, It's good to be back. It is good. We're, we were all saying we're really vibing today's movies, which, you know what? Honestly, are the kind of movies that would have gotten lost in my to watch list for like years. So I want to thank Meg personally yeah. for pushing thank these you. two. I really I, say, I really, these ones. I would have let them get lost in the list. I yeah. reckon I had one of the best movie watching weeks of my life. Yeah, I've watched Whoa. like four movies a day, every day, all of them winners.
0: Well, I would say that these the the two films we're talking about today have such a this is such a close call for me, and I know I really pushed Mm. for these ones. Um, But yeah, it's a really tight competition. Yeah, the awesome the
1: awesome one on this show that we get like. Um, feedback a lot that people love when it's like they're both amazing especially in really different ways because sometimes you get two great movies but they have a similar tone or something but these two movies like really excellent in very different ways and I have no idea what's going to happen which is very exciting me
0: neither I could really go either way today we Mm. are speaking about two pretty special films in my eyes we're talking about filmmakers that share a lot of similarities um Mm. and both of them collaboration And collaboration. So we're talking about Paul Schrader's Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters, and Martin Scorsese's Silence. They're both like some time apart. Schrader's film was made in 1985 and Silence was made in 2016, Scorsese's film. But they're both, um, the way that we're looking at, at it, through a lens of sort of period dramas that look at Japan, made by filmmakers of the same canon that sort of, you know, focus on this extremist traditionalism and mm. the sort of culture around that.
1: And the battle for like the soul and the spirit and yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Eliza Perfect. actually came to the table with <laughs> what she said was a little game for us to begin with. We have no idea yeah. what we're going into like here. I feel like
1: it's going to have absolutely nothing to do with the beautiful movies. It has nothing <laughs> no <laughs> well, okay, to do okay. with
2: Silence or Mishima. Like, <laughs> Great. Good. Well, then let's Hit get us. this
1: shit done, done with then. <laughs> okay. Off you go.
2: You'll enjoy this. Okay. okay. so I was <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Part of one thing that's great about the great movie Mishima is its score by Philip Glass. Oh, okay. mm. And I was looking at movie scores, like different ones that Philip Glass has created. And just like, okay, this is like a long ramp up to getting to the game. But did you know, I was like, wow, Philip Glass, has he ever made a score for a bad movie? Like The Truman Show, mm-hmm. all of his like Koyaanisqatsi, Katsi, <sighs> like all of his scores are so good. Yep. He wrote the score for the Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie.
1: Oh, that is wild. And,
2: wow. and one of like our family's all-time favorite forgotten movies no reservations not <gasps> only for glass write the score for it but he has a cameo in it as a customer at oh Jones's restaurant. well did you know that philip
0: glass is ira glass's cousin like cousin or something yeah, yeah it's his cousin hell. ira glass is the host of this american life which is probably oh, podcast the most reverse, significant yeah. damn, podcast. damn that's crazy as a podcaster you should really know that
1: yeah i should i hate that it's i call a I listen to like three Ew, podcasts podcast, exclusively that's such
0: a like <laughs> podcast slash incel like.
1: no it's true it's this it's this american life <laughs> should listen to it i should know more than just that one lin-manuel episode yes yeah, but eliza what's what's, <laughs> so the what's the game, game. So What is this related the game
2: to? i just started thinking about a thing i love about movie scores is how like silly and specific the titles of the tracks will be like you know for mishima there'll be a song <laughs> called like mishima stab himself or something you're like oh yeah. that just like gave away what happens in the movie so i was thinking i am going to read out some titles of Ooh. Score songs And you have to say What movie it's from What oh, movie it's that's from I love Okay, love that. us. That's like
1: the yep. chapter titles Sorry. As well on the yeah. DVDs And stuff sometimes yeah. And you're like Well damn it yeah. I know what's going to
2: happen Superman like, flies sectionals. And you're like oh, <laughs> you sectionals Oh my god yeah. Damn it Give <laughs> like, <gave> it away <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. okay. Okay. okay So I'm going to start Easy-ish And go to like Some, Harder. some Yeah max
1: level Okay great All
2: right. Okay The title of this Score track is A Swan is Born By Clint Mansell. What movie is that from?
1: Black Swan? Black Swan?
0: Yes. Oh, oh, get that was, okay, that good. That's, that's level job. one. Yeah. Great.
1: Okay. This should be a Netflix show Bella, yeah. True. Twilight. Twilight. Yeah, Twilight. Family. <laughs> Twilight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: Bella is part of the family. Great. Wait,
1: the first Twilight? Maybe it's Breaking Dawn Breaking or something. Dawn, no, maybe. It's okay. guys, Twilight.
2: Twilight. It's Twilight. I wasn't wow. going to do that. That's, uh, <laughs> I,
1: I would actually argue she's not a part of the family until part I wish part she'd done Bella's no. lullaby,
0: though. I love that theme. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everyone has at least three friends who are like, the Twilight soundtrack was my favorite album. Listening oh, out.
0: are you kidding? It's yeah. so good. That one. It, so- it is very good.
2: That old
1: That old yeah. yeah. one. The muse. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Wow. What's next?
2: All right. Next one. Get him, Grandpa, by Timothy Williams. Get him, Grandpa.
1: Get him, yeah. with Grandpa. Oh, okay. Bad I, f- Grandpa? I feel like it's a horror movie kind of thing. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it? Get him, oh, um, comma, Grandpa. Uh, Texas Chainsaw. Maybe now get out
2: yes oh, oh no one. That was Williams was like, i knew it was grandpa. there get him grandpa, get him yes, grandpa. i knew course. it was there damn
1: damn 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 yeah. oh, this is fine right. do you, have, do you have any more how many more
2: yes i have three more okay, okay you guys great. are doing amazingly so is this medium
1: far. is this like level two um
2: i f- yeah i feel like the next three are harder yeah. this one's okay. maybe not that hard Go. okay promenade tourists on the menu
1: Oh, shit.
2: Tourists on the They feel like two
1: really different things, Promenade, Tourists on the Menu. Tourists on the Menu Give made us me think of Delicatessen for some reason. You know that movie? Uh, no
2: idea. The genre? It. We should do that movie. I, yeah. I like Delicatessen. Okay, I'm just going to – my clue for this is this is probably one of the most famous film scores of all time. Oh, fuck. Promenade. It's like the, the film composer guy.
1: Oh, um, so it's, it's One of like the top three that something? No, yeah. Is that okay, Hans Zimmer? Okay, so it could be Enrico Morricone or John Williams or who are the big composers? Hans Enrio. Yeah. It was what?
2: His name's He's... Enrio. It's, this one isn't Enrio, Enrio. Morricone. It's actually, you were right Enrio. with John Williams.
1: It's John Williams. Promenade. Okay, so it's something Spielbergy. Promenade. Oh,
2: is it Jaws on the menu? No, yes, it's t- Anthony. Oh. It's Jaws. It's
1: Jaws. Oh. Tourists. Oh. On promenade. Tourists on, the on the menu. menu. The promenade, promenade really at the threw beach. me off. Yeah, that's right. Beach. <laughs> I'm singing yeah. promenade I have
0: that. Titanic. I have that on
1: vinyl. Damn.
0: <sighs> All right,
2: go. Okay, two more guys. Oh, Anthony. So well. Anthony got
1: him. Okay, yeah. two more.
2: Okay, at the sign of the prancing pony.
1: That movie. Spirit. Lord of the Rings.
2: Yes oh, oh, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring Alright Alright Okay, okay. <laughs> Wow you only Damn. have one Because oh, okay. that's like okay, The pub okay.
1: or something right It's like the bar Yeah This yeah. first one mm. when they um, They go to the bar and they, they find first Aragon Aragon yeah. yeah Beautiful I've never seen it Thank you
2: Go on Meg you must have seen it that's <laughs> No what? I haven't Let's not talk about <laughs> it
1: okay <laughs> Meg would be furious If we made you watch them For the book
2: Ah uh, yeah Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings I don't
0: want
1: to Yeah god we'll never do Harry Potter <laughs> God, the only fandom thing I've Don't ever fucked me. with is that and Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat it. Anyway.
2: Wow. Um. All right, last, last one. one. Mm-hmm. A 50-second long score, a track called Rita Kicks Roddy's Butt. What Ronnie. movie is that from? Rita. Rita. Rita Kicks Roddy's Butt.
1: Well, I'm thinking it's like Rita Hayworth. Rita. <laughs> right? That's a name but
2: right. in like her time, they Drive wouldn't have used the word butt.
0: But
2: um, Rita, Rita, Rita. Oh, I've ri- a little clue. We need a little Roddy. clue. Rita uh, and Roddy, Rita, <laughs> Roddy. Uh, <laughs> the main. Uh, it's a children's movie.
1: It's a what? I was
2: gonna say that's a children for some reason. I don't know a what.
1: children's movie. Rita kicks Ronnie's butt. Roddy, Roddy. with a D. Roddy. Roddy. Yeah. Roddy. I Rita. don't know. <laughs> um. It's uh, what's a, a Shark's tail or something?
2: Spy kids. Ah, no.
1: Just say, what is it? You got us finally.
2: Guys, I'm so disappointed. It's from the film Flushed Away. Oh, shut up. up. Shut
1: up. Oh, he (laughs) is called Roddy. There is a game. We're
0: getting into the film. Okay, we're talking about (laughs) Hashima Alive in Four Chapters. Let's go. (laughs) Roddy. Kishima: A Life in Four Chapters is a 1985 sort of period biographical drama film. I guess it's pretty abstract, so it's kind of hard to categorize. I'm trying
1: it. to p- pick the style is yeah. kind of the thing of the movie. Yeah. It is.
0: He's- Exactly, I'm really stuttering there um, It's co-written and directed by Paul Schrader You would know him as the screenwriter Of Taxi Driver, that's what he's most Known for, or that was sort of his big, yeah, his big movie. Break yep. um, It's based on the life and work of the writer Yukio Mishima And it sort of plays In chapters, as the title suggests um, uh, On his life But also tempts out the idea of a lot of His fiction and a lot of his writing Um, It I, I feel like a bad bitch bringing this one to the table. This is a very yeah, like totally. film, like film bro film. Like this is like one you're like, have you seen this? And then you put it on the 100%. table and you're like. Bleh.
1: Yeah, I struggle with film TikTok because when it gets away from people being authentic to just like I just enjoying like this film, things, yeah, yeah. it annoys me. But I did see one that recommended this movie and I like really respected the list. And I was yeah. like, yeah, Ooh. it is true. It's a fancy one to just yeah. to a well done, Me
0: first saw this film at uni and it was shown to me by, like, my favourite tutor ever and mm-hmm. it's one of his favourite films. And normally I never really liked anything he suggested because all the time I was just like, this is so, like, cerebral. But this mm. one I think you don't even need to have that, like, sort of, you know, like there's 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 so much to enjoy about this movie even if you're just literally watching it from, like, behind someone who's watching it. It is totally. visually so striking it mm-hmm. is like incredibly moving and so much of that is owing to The Score by Philip Glass. Oh, um,
1: how did you guys this.
2: feel about this movie?
1: Eliza, kick us off. What? How would you feel?
2: Oh, um, this was my first watch. Um, mm. And it Mine like well. so lived up to my expectations or like all the, you know, years I've heard me of too. people being like, oh, you haven't seen Mishima? <laughs> like really worth it. And it made me feel guilty that I had never heard of Mishima before. Like, did yeah. you guys know about this writer? Totally. No, I had I had never heard of Mishima mm.
1: before,
0: and it made me feel like a total dunce because like this entire life that he lived is wild. Yeah, and which the film gets into.
1: That's part of what the um like Paul Trader talks about. I read a really interesting interview where he said like part of the thing I'm most proud of with the movie is that Japan always said like. Oh, we're not ready right now to talk about the whole Machima thing because it's yep. too like the wound is too sore, and we don't know how to talk about it. But in ten years' time, we'll talk about it, yep. and then they never talked and about never it. Talked so about that's it. kind of what the movie is: is being like he brought things to the table that were really scary. Would um, you want
0: to explain like what happened? Yeah, in yeah,
1: sure. So um, the movie, like the the part of it that's biographical, it talks about how he was like a writer, um, actor, director, all of these things, and essentially he created his own private army um like very cool and normal yeah Mm. yeah um and then essentially he was about like fighting for the soul of japan because he felt like japan was moving towards capitalism and you know focusing on on money and moving away from Mm. the monarch of like you know like being loyal to the emperor emperor. and having an emperor and how that's the key to the soul of japan so he goes to a military base with, like, some of the like the most trusted people from his army mm-hmm. and they hold the um, general hostage and he says, like, you know, get the garrison and I'm going to make this big speech. And the movie is just this incredibly structured telling of his life leading up to that mm-hmm. and how four specifically four of his pieces that he wrote comment on him as a person. Yeah. And my main thought, I guess, on the movie is – my least favourite genre possibly or Mm. subgenre, is the biopic. Mm. I feel like it's so restrained because Mm. you have to tell the story you have to tell. And it also, like, and it just, it's so easy to make it formulaic. And this is, like, the exact thing that this movie is, what we scream at the hills for all the time is, like, Mm. why not just go, what's the most interesting way you can tell a person's story? And it's this. It's to be, like, what's the best way to tell the story of a writer by interspersing the story of their life with their writings and how their writing comments on who they are. Yeah.
0: So such a big theme throughout the film is how connected Mishima's writing is to him as a person, but also the cult of personality attached to him. Mm. There's sort of this oscillation between the extremist traditionalism that really infiltrated his life and the dogma that he adopted and sort of insisted that people should adopt in his little private army and everything. And then it oscillates between that and, you know, sort of the sexuality or bisexuality that's tempted out and the, like, weird, you know, focus on on his obsession, like, you know, compulsive obsession with this Japanese culture. Mm. Um, and it all culminates in this final act of sort of humiliation and hmm. degradation and then his attempted return to, like, honour is his eventual seppuku's oh, it's suicide.
1: endlessly interesting. Meg, no it way. is so
2: good. Just then what you're saying really reminded me of in Taxi Driver hmm. when um, Travis Bickle, like, the lady he has a crush on, she's like, you remind me of this Chris Christopherson lyric, like, about a man who's a walking contradiction. And <gasps> it's like, that's clearly something Paul Schrader hadn't gotten over when he was making Mishima because the character yeah. is such a contradiction. Like you're saying, like, yeah, so mm. much of the black and white sequences of his childhood are getting at his sensitivity and yeah. how like creative and self-aware he is. Yeah. But on the flip side, he's like a super right wing, like nationalist who would literally <laughs> kill himself for mm-hmm. how he wants Japan to be <laughs>
0: like, yeah. how do you I reconcile that? thought about that comparison at all but I think that's really like on the nose the taxi driver thing with Mm -hmm. Schrader and I think that is a running theme with a lot of Schrader's work if we think about his is it his most recent work First Reformed the duality of
2: Ethan Hawke's character the protagonist yeah being like a self-flagellant someone who will like hurt themselves to feel closer to God or God yeah but also
1: the film's like greatest achievement within that is being like it's so especially with you know our generation like the concept of nationalism Is something that kind of like
0: it almost scares me and like it
1: it eludes us completely. And the movie's most effective thing is you completely understand where he's coming from. Like it does the Mm -hmm. thing of making you align with through showing the different stories that he's written. You see how he's a man that, in his perspective, he's fighting for the greatest parts of his nation. Like he talks about the history of samurai and how that's lost and how, like, you know, the absolute beauty of the sh- the stories the four stories that we'll get into I'm, I'm sure like depict what Japan is to him mm. and then the black and white sequences mm. and him feeling like the country's losing its soul just so starkly present that like he as you said like the comparison to Taxi Driver about feeling like you're alone in a place that you love and like people don't want to fight for the same thing that you want to fight for kind of mm. yeah Wild. What do we think of the design? Like, can we talk about the amazing yeah, set design, yeah. like the possibly amazing, the best production design I've ever seen. Can you believe
0: this film is made? Was made when it was made? It was made in 1985, and like 15 years after the
2: incidents in question.
0: Yeah. And oh my God, it yeah. is Wild. so that one sequence in the Temple of the Golden Pavilion where he's walking <gasps> through, and it's this—it's awe-inspiring. And I was saying this to Noah last night, and I. I don't know why I didn't do this. I want to get my hands on a copy of the script to see how much of the set design was written into it, how much how, mm-hmm. lit, how faithful it is to Mishima's novels or um, books, mm-hmm. and like how how much like of
2: that we can credit such, Schrader for because yeah. it is such an important part of this film. It's totally. so experimental. Um Incredible. how the fairly like the sequences showing Mishima's actual life, like the biopic bits, like they are also beautifully shot but they come across like quite realistic and almost like documentary-esque compared Mm. to the sequences that are telling, like, you know, basically reenacting Mishima's stories, which are shot in like the most weird, stagey, unreal, like overly Mm. lit up, like super colourful, vibrant, almost like (laughs) museum-esque visions of the story. It feels like the museum, doesn't it? I just want to eat them. Like they look so (laughs) beautiful.
1: There's something about them that feels like Theatrical in the best way. Like my personal favorite production design moment was the third story is about um violence and about like kind of it's the one that most references, you know, what Mishima ultimately does. And it's about like a guy wanting to lead a group of soldiers to murder like a politician. And they're having like a secret meeting. Like Travis Fickle, yet again. Yeah, completely. Mm. They're having like a secret meeting inside like a white room. And then to show to express that they get raided by the government by like the cops or whatever, mm. the walls like collapse mm. and then oh it's just and the entire room is black and I was just like oh my gosh my mind is blown I yeah. I just watched um. Uh, you only live twice Mm. which has my my favorite um production designer of all time is ken adams who did all like the old bond movies like the kind of bond look of like layers like evil villain layers with like shadows like huge shadows cast over everything and stuff That's kind of a trope now and then i watched this movie after it and i was like oh my god production design (sighs) like how clever people can be in expressing ideas and plot Yeah, yeah it really is yeah
2: and that moment of the walls coming down it also like oh. if you just look at the film's duration that's kind of the point at which Mishima loses control and it's like the walls in his brain are melting like around into. him
0: <laughs> yeah
1: totally i think
0: it's worth noting just for like our sake that this film wasn't entirely made with the permission or um, consent of like Mishima's estate especially his widow it didn't get a wide theatrical release in Japan especially because of that um and actually Schrader wanted to include um
1: oh, yeah.
0: another um book of his Forbidden Colors a an adaptation of that which was like expressly forbidden by Mishima's widow as his next of kin um and because
2: it was about like a closeted man or yeah something, because right? it
0: was about a closeted man, and. I think it's interesting that even,
2: you know, where
0: the film or Schrader's intention has been kind of cut off at the knees to some extent, he still was able to tempt out the ideas of that bisexuality, sexual like ambiguity, ambiguity. Oh yeah, God, that really yeah, that second story is still, yeah, it still really tempts that out. Um, but at the same time, it's it's hard. It's interesting, almost in my mind, to think about this film being sort of. You know, a a like a poem or a you know like a love letter to Mishima, but then also going against his entire estate and not really being like straight and not really fulfilling the wishes of his estate. I guess yeah. um, it's interesting to me that like he can make such a beautiful film in honor of him and at the same time go directly against him yeah. to some extent.
1: Totally. Well, it's kind of the dichotomy that's at the heart of the movie is being like kind of everything that this man stood for is correct but yeah the ways he went about it and those things and like you know as we talked about like the ultimate method that he chooses lie the problem that is why people don't talk about Mishima like I found it so electric and relevant mm-hmm. how it talks about like the separation between the death of the body and the death of the spirit yeah, like him song, being yeah. like you're all essentially dying. Mm. Like you're losing when the losing reason Japan. to live. We're yeah. losing Japan. And like every single story, the biographical story and each of the short stories ends with a, like a comment on the beauty of destruction or the beauty of death. Like yeah. each like one of death them has- there is beauty. Yeah, in whatever, death there yeah. is beauty. And the idea mm. of being like, I don't know, I think it's really relevant to mm. us because I kind of go like, I do look at society and go like, so many people just live but how much are you like living for your spirit it's like the kind of thing of like he's a man who saw zombies walking around and what's actually feeding the soul yeah Yeah, and it's a movie about that
0: and i think that's also something that is raised in the other film we're speaking about beauty and death in that final act when we see at the end of silence which we'll get to Sort of the full circle moment. Actually, maybe we should jump to it now. I feel yeah. like we've really fleshed out this discussion already. Yeah, but you can
1: come back to Mishima as well. In yeah, the let's
2: hits. get let's get talking yeah. to talking about. Can silence. I um, say before quickly? Like, of course, I go totally agree. No, with what you said about that. This this feels like the direction that biopics definitely should go in. Um, yes, but this movie still has a a particular biopic thing that really annoys me, which is that every movie about a real like famous person will always have a scene at a press conference where yeah. it's clear that they were just like, oh, this person said so many funny things. We need a press conference scene where, like, the press asks them something and <laughs> they do a funny reply and everyone's like, oh, Marilyn Monroe, you're so funny. <laughs> and, stuff. <laughs> and like, they still do that with Mishima where he just rattles off some one-liners and it's like, oh, Interesting, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> like, you just wanted
0: to have the little quotes it. in there and yeah. couldn't yeah. shove them in anywhere else. That's, That's a, just a good like point. I've never it's thought it's of that It's a pet that peeve
2: of mine and I was annoyed yeah. that, <laughs> that, that it like, subscribes to it. <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, totally. Oh, well. All right, let's talk about silence. Yay. Silence.
0: Silence is the 2016 film made by filmmaker Martin Scorsese Cannon and it is categorised as more of a mm. literal epic historical drama. Um, it It's based on a 1966 novel of the same name by the author Shusaku Endo. I hope that I'm saying okay. Is that okay? Um, the film follows the sort of eradication of... Catholicism or Portuguese Catholicism specifically in Japan and Spanish, and Spanish Catholicism in Japan. And it follows um, two missionaries portrayed by uh, Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver oh. as they search oh. for their sort of mentor, um, Ferreira, played by Liam Neeson, in Japan who has recanted against the faith.
1: Well, they, they've been, told, or they've he's been told he's recanted and they're like, we don't believe it.
0: And they're seeking to disprove it and it it's this sort of agonising over faith and mm. and the indoctrination of faith in, in different nations. It talks about colonialism and it, it's a really interesting watch. Um, it, it departs from Mishima in the sense that it is like the literal retelling, so it's not quite as abstract. Mm. Um, and it was, you know, when we say epic historical drama, it really felt like that. It was a huge watch um, for yes. me. How did you guys feel about this movie?
1: I literally, like... As I said at the start, like there are some movies that just like when you're on your watches, you're like, oh yeah, I'll watch that this week, and you never go around to them. This has been one of those movies for so long. I cannot express how thankful I am that I watch this movie. Like hmm, literally, yeah. I have not felt well, as that's intensely kind of ironic
0: I, because this did movie this, like, really convert- struggles to get off the ground. By this is like a huge passion yes, project, completely, and for it Scorsese, so it's spec- kind of mirrors that for completely. You. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. It's a big like he's always said like. It's. I think it was like twenty-three year hiatus mm. to do this. He um he read the book for this when he went to go meet with Kurosawa in Japan mm-hmm. when he was invited. He read the book, and he literally he was like, "I'll do this after the Aviator," and then he couldn't. So he's like, "Okay, I'll do this after blah and blah and blah," and finally he got around to doing it, and it flopped spectacularly. Even though it didn't
2: make back half its budget. It, it, yeah, but so even sad. that, like
1: the it looks it uh, like lost, it's like, funny so for us to be like sorry. the budget's only fifty million dollars, but like like mm-hmm. obviously that's a lot of money, but for the design and look of this film it's mm. exceptional it's absolutely incredible mm-hmm. um i just have never seen a better commentary on religion like yeah. i think i've been speaking a lot recently with friends about the place of religion in society today and this is a movie that made me think about how like religion used to be needed like religion was a survival mechanism mm. um and it talks about how you know people there are literally people in this movie who have absolutely nothing. They are like living the most difficult life humanly possible, hmm. and faith gives them purpose. Hmm. I just But it also uh, kills uh, them. But it, it kills also them, kill, yeah. Yes. It means uh, they
2: die pretty quickly afterwards very, just for yeah, being it's associated with the very with thing
1: that, that condemns them. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So if you've seen the film, you might understand what I was saying at the start when I said Kichijiro can catch these hands. Kichijiro is yes. one of the characters <laughs> in this film.
2: The Judas who, kind of character. He's
0: sort of the Judas. He betrays the missionary um, and then at every step of his betrayal of, you know not just his community but also, like, of the faith, his betrayal of the faith, then he goes back and sort of uses the idea of forgiveness and the forgiveness and, you know... Confession. Confession in Catholicism um, to his advantage to be like, I'm sorry, I'm weak, can you forgive me? And it, it's...
1: And then he just fucks up again. It he seems just keeps like doing this, it like 500 times. It's
0: so infuriating but at the same time you can't judge him for existing within this institution that, you know, he really seems to agonize over so much and it's like it's a hard hard like thing to have em- uh, like character to have empathy for but feels like this weird reflection of of yeah. that sort of even religious like dogma like the kind totally. of mind tricks that religious or religiosity or spirituality or whatever causes people to play and yeah I found for me watching this the biggest moment where I was like, wow, that's like an interesting commentary was when um was when Andrew Garfield's character was handing out little symbols like little um idols and things to like little communities that were Catholics for them to work Christians in Japan hidden Christians and for him to say you know I think the narration he said um I it wasn't me that they wanted to talk to they it was like they needed to me to give them something to, to worship and I can't actually remember what he specifically said, but I thought that was a really interesting comment on like the idols of... Yeah, completely. he said something like
2: stuff. They want the experience of religion more than yeah. the religion or something. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. It's like you kind of do want to like experience this thing that you're betting your whole life on, even if it's a negative experience, like you do want to suffer a totally. little just well, to it, be like, yeah, I'm feeling back, something oh, and it's full of something. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah.
1: It relates back to the very title of the movie. Literally like the title of a movie hasn't ever spoken to me so much in being like, what is the physical experience of faith and what is the internal experience of faith and like what's, what matters? Like mm. in that exact moment you go like, they are being like, I need to hold something in my hand mm. to be like, this is real. Yeah. And then the whole movie, it's Andrew Garfield being like, I can't hear you, God. Like there is so much pain and every day your silence is deafening. Where are you? I can't hear you. Mm. And the most interesting character is Kikuchimo. Is that what his name is? Kijijiro. Kikijiro, yeah. Um. In that, as you said, Meg, like you spend the whole movie being like, this fucking guy, like, mm. oh my God, Like, that isn't how you do this religion. Like, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And And then by the end of the movie, what happens with the choice Andrew Garfield makes makes you see that you're like, well, what what are you actually placing value in with religion Mm. if you're just placing importance on, like, the physical external thing of, like, you know, having to step on the picture of Jesus on the cross or, like, having to spit on a crucifix above the internal faith and, like, experience of it. Like, the whole time I'm just, like, surely your God would want you to leave. Yeah. To I, I don't know about th-
0: you guys, but watching it, like, the whole, especially in the final sort of act or so, and the whole time I'm, like, dude, you, you're barely even committing apostasy. Even, like, the yeah, Buddhists it can be are saying to them, exactly. even the Buddhists are saying to them, like, you just need to touch your toe on this plate, on this plate. They say it's just a formality. It's, it's just, just a, a formality. formality. Do yeah. it
2: and we'll let you go. Reject and Jesus and take him back five minutes yeah. later like, and do, face no consequences. Do it.
0: Like commit apostasy. Even that
1: he begs. Um, it's so even hard. that he begs because a, like a tool that the Japanese use against him when they capture him mm. is that they're like, until you apostatize, mm. we're going to torture other people. Yeah. So the idea being that they're like, you're actually betraying your own faith by you're the one hurting these people because yeah. you won't apostatize. Yeah. And it's just like this vicious cycle of like, the weird logic being constantly used against them equally. I go like how weird that they're saying just touch it as a formality so that uh, being like, you should become Buddhist, but it's been like, what religion would want you to join them through impurity? Like mm. through joining them, mm. like not authentically. Oh, yeah. I just find it Endlessly I think, fascinating. Um,
2: yeah. I think we're talking a lot about like the agony that the characters have to go through and the kind of torture they're seeing. And like, Maybe this is, like, a spot for, like, a little trigger warning because this is, like, this is a very intense and sometimes hard to watch Mm. movie. Yes, Yes, true. But I thought I should ask, there are many torture methods employed in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Which do you think was the worst? I'm going to just run through them quickly. So this is a good spot to skip ahead 15 seconds if this kind of stuff makes you squeamish, medieval torture shit. But, yeah. okay, being crucified in waves and slowly Mm -hmm. drowning as the tide comes in, Mm -hmm. having your head chopped off by a samurai being wrapped in a husk thing and burned alive, being wrapped in a husk thing and then chucked in a boat and then chucked in the water Mm -hmm. or trying to go out and rescue one of those husk people and then being gently prodded by sticks to stay underwater until you drown. Hmm. Or being crucified and then slowly boiled by hot water or just being held upside down in this kind of dark pit like Paul Liam Neeson was. What do you reckon? Yeah, but with like a cut on the back of your head so you bleed out slowly.
1: <sighs> so that the blood yeah. doesn't rush to your head and you yeah. can feel the blood. You so can dripping. feel
2: it. So I would
1: alive, definitely no, 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 have no. to
0: say crucified in the ocean with the water. That was so hard to watch. Dude. It was... So hard to watch. I the really waves. also don't know how they filmed it. Like it was. How really do they film any actors actors of
1: this? What?
0: The old uh, actors getting yeah. whacked
1: by these waves. Oh.
0: Amazing.
1: Oh, truly, yeah. Um, burning alive. I cannot imagine how horrifying. Everyone and says that it's the most be. painful,
0: and everyone says drown. Or oh, everyone do not <laughs> say it? drowning
1: isn't everyone, as bad. Apparently, All drowning is painful.
0: The homies told me that drowning My is voice. very
2: peaceful and <laughs> yeah, because your brain kind of gives up at some point and like yeah, lets you yeah. succumb. Yeah, you sort of surrender to it.
1: Yeah, this completely. is
2: grim. This is a grim this is sad. discussion. Um, it's a grim time, man. I'm very yeah. happy we live in 2020. Sometime yeah, it later. does
1: make you. It does I'm make feel like, Thank like God I don't have to <laughs> rely on religion <laughs> yeah. to exist. Like oh. something that
0: makes me sad about the failure of this movie is something that makes me sad a little bit generally, probably about our generation. Um, not that I'm saying like, I'm not a religious person. I would say I'm kind of spiritual, but not specifically any religion or anything. But I think, um, our tendency as we grow up and as our generation becomes more, um, skeptical of spirituality, maybe that's a generalization. Um, but certainly amongst my friends, as my friends are quite skeptical of religion Mm -hmm. is our sort of unwillingness to watch films like this, to watch films about God or about Jesus or about the Bible or whatever. When I recommend, if I were to recommend this film, which I would, if I were to recommend this film or like even The Last Temptation of Christ or a film like that to a friend, I just know that their inclination would be like, oh, but it's about like
1: religion. I was was going to say the first thing I wrote down was about how, I wanted to ask you guys how it relates to your perspective of religion because I had exactly that that I was like I realized 20 minutes in I started the movie almost on the wrong foot of being like I just think religion is ridiculous like I just think it's ridiculous well I
0: think that with that sentiment comes sort of this unwillingness to watch media like this which is super interesting and it is educational but it's also so moving this is such a moving Mm,
1: it's incredible and it makes you empathize with what religion gives people Yeah. yeah and
0: um yeah, it, that it makes me sad to think about the failure of this movie commercially. Yeah, me
1: too.
0: Um, I yeah. don't think I love
2: this movie as much as you guys did. I, I'm not like like um, insane about it, but yeah. Go on. It sounds like Noah. You were like really moved by it. I almost have been like converted to something, by, not to Christianity, <laughs> I, but to something.
1: Not not <laughs> <To> no, film, <laughs> not the, to
2: Scorsese. The not to the Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah, just
1: just the way it tells like the specific historical circumstances of this and how it paints that. I think. Uh, incre- okay this is a long line way of getting getting to this but um me and darcy she always jokes that like i watch a lot of crap horror movies mm. where it's just like she's like why do you watch something if you're not watching it to just like experience a human thing and i just haven't watched a movie that made me so like empathize on like a human level with someone like like andrew garfield's life in this movie like the life mm. he lives in this movie i'm just like imagine every single second of your existence mm. being how you consider your faith and like how you hold on to it how you lose it how you grapple with it how you try to teach it like he is just like in every moment of this movie there's not a second where he isn't making a choice yeah and it just was like the most human thing i've seen but in but it a long sounds time. like
0: eliza that wasn't really enough for you like you didn't that didn't Come across to you.
2: Yeah. Um I feel like the more yeah, I well, talk about work, the actually. movie, Very the true. more yeah. the more I'm impressed by it, um, conceptually and stuff. And like I did find this like a riveting movie. Mm. But I just feel like um there's like a there's like a carefulness to it or like just it's so devout in its like misery and like the agony that the characters go through that happens. Like basically every five minutes, their faith goes unrewarded and someone gets killed because of what mm. they believe. Yeah. Mm. And like at the end, spoiler alert, you think you think Jesus signals to Andrew Garfield that he's allowed to give in to mm. the Japanese Buddhists and mm. he relents. And then in his core in his coffin, as he's getting burned alive as a Buddhist, you see that in his final moments or, you know, in, mm. in his death, he's been handed a crucifix indicating that he actually never gave up on God or Jesus mm. after all. And mm. there's just a relentlessness to this movie <laughs> that, that I think, I think alienates a bit from it where I'm like, I don't want to watch this again for a while. And, and yeah. there's something about the movie Scorsese made before and after this Wolf of Wall Street, which I like and Irishman, which I love mm. that feels more more effortless and more Scorsese and more
0: maybe more more sincere Yeah. yeah I think I agree and I think yeah I think what alienates me from this film is the opposite of what endears me to Mishima is its literalness the fact that it's so literal like we see Andrew Garfield see a terrible CGI reflection of himself and then a as Zac Efron CGI in the reflection. Bed on it moment in high school
1: music it is yeah. it is quite funny it yeah is. and then I like the concept CGI of it, but it doesn't look good enough reflection yeah.
0: of him of of Jesus's portrait and i'm like you could have tempted that without doing that like you didn't need to show me this bad CGI of that same yeah, way. Like you I, didn't li- need to literally show me by zooming in on his hand in the burning barrel the crucifix. that was a little bit I polar didn't express. need to see it yeah <laughs> and for me that that alienated me from a bit from a bit where um Mishima's abstractness endeared me to it. You're not trying to hand me this guy's life. You're tempting out the ideas in a more subtle way and, to me, more interesting. I,
1: I don't think I feel the, um, like, resolution of that ending as much as it sounds like you guys do. Um, There's a quote that's really ringing in my ear this week that I heard Ter- Terry Gilliam do an interview on why he doesn't like Spielberg. Spielberg's an interesting comparison to Martin Scorsese because they're friends and stuff, saying that, like, Spielberg does resolution like you watch a Spielberg movie and by the end you you adore it and you love it but you leave the cinema and you don't you're not challenged by it like you said he's like you know Schindler's List is a movie about peace but it's that's not what World War II is right Mm. um and I was thinking about that with this movie and I because I equally was like it's so literal so it will have a really conclusive ending but That ending to me is still so scary. It is like he doesn't—he died not knowing if
0: he'd be like he'd
1: done enough. Accepted into heaven, he doesn't know, and he literally is like. I know. Yeah, there's just, to me, there is such a weight that there isn't resolution to that, that yeah. I found it so challenging. I'm still thinking about it, like, days after.
0: I know what you're saying, but I think that it was the subtext that you had drawn from the yeah. film that brought you to that, That's whereas true. I didn't have that subtext, do you know it's what I mean? Yeah, totally. Maybe we should just jump into comparing the piece. Let's do it. I feel like we're already starting anyway. Mm-hmm. So now it's time to compare the picks. Let's pick a winner. This is going to be juicy
1: as hell. Yeah,
0: I'm Ooh. really happy we picked these two films. Yes, um, I'm. But I'm going to come straight out and say it. I think it's pretty obvious from what I've said already. Like mm. I just can't go past Mishima. This film is so beautiful to me. And sort of my my the conclusion that I've come to and my winner is based on the idea that I've already brought up that it's, it's in its abstractness, it's in its you know, weird oscillation of style, the fact that it isn't committed to any one style at any point and the only real consistency is this poetic Mm. and, you know, as well the score that sort of underscores that whole, underscore, sorry, um, that whole theme of like this man's crazy life and his crazy extreme traditionalism. My crazy and life, <laughs> in crazy lifestyle. Um, and <laughs> as far as white guys coming to Japan and picking up, you know, Japanese texts that mean so much oh, to a culture damn. and talking about Japan, I think Schrader kills it. Yeah. I think, I think um, yeah, I was really, really moved by this film.
1: Interesting. Can I ask you guys both um, – because like, it sounded like you guys both, like, this is a classic case of our podcast. We we pit great things against each other where they're both excellent, but mm. for the purposes of this, it's like a little cage match. I'm interested, like we've ding all ding. pointed out that the great successes of Mishima are technical. Um, are the things, like the human experience, the spiritual, the way it makes you feel in your heart of Mishima as challenging to you or as active as they are with silence because mm. to me there's like a big difference
2: yeah, there's I a, would ag- yeah, yeah I would agree I think silence comes through stronger in that whereas mm. Mishima does the Paul Schrader thing of having a character that is in some ways a little bit of like a madman and a loner that you yeah. are meant to remove sort from. of be a bit it's of a victim of yeah, or it is a bit cold, meant yes, to yeah. look on at
0: yeah Certainly I would say it's not a relatable story. I'm not looking at machine and attaching it too much to my own life outside of the fact that I'm very moved by it. But I don't think that that – like I don't think I need to see myself in the film or attach my own subtext to it to the extent that I know you enjoy doing with film. Like when in 100%. your analysis of films I think you enjoy doing that whereas I probably don't as much so maybe that's why – it's not. It isn't a detraction for me. Totally,
1: and like sometimes technical. Faci- there are totally like pairings are done where like technical facility to me has been the thing I've connected to more than I'm not. Like by no means is it like the human experience or like themes are more important than the technicalness mm, of yeah. the thing. You know, like, like I think that about- can
2: be so transporting and human too. Totally, like exactly. experiencing something so magical. Yep.
1: Yeah, I think about, like, Mad Max Fury Road. I don't know why that came to my mind, but, like, that's a film that entirely makes me experience because of the those things, feat, the technical yeah. feat of it. That um, spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess that really is the, the separation here for me is just the extent to which I had to interrogate silence mm. and think about it days afterwards, especially coming from a topic that I... A week ago, thought I could not give two shits about yeah, watching. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, it made me literally. It made me be like, I'm going to for my trip. in the attic, watch this other movie on this topic. Mm. A week ago, if you'd been like, go watch movies about missionaries in the 1600s, going to foreign. You lands, the I'd be like, Yeah, I watched the <laughs> No, no, no was gonna yeah. <laughs> so I was going to take. So I watched the mission. Um, um, yeah, the yeah, um, yeah.
2: <laughs> so you're sorry, sorry. interrupted. Yeah. Oh, actually,
1: also we didn't mention acting performances, and I think Andrew oh, yeah. Garfield is like next level incredible in in um in in Silence. Yeah.
0: You know, this is so bad. I I really want to like somebody gay. <laughs> I really want to like Andrew Garfield. He has a <gasps> very punchable face to me.
1: Really? I get it. I get it.
0: I'm sorry. Well, we don't
1: like what he said about the the thing, but he's a lot. People are allowed to make mistakes. You know, the gay oh. thing he said about Angels in America. No. So he Where was, he was
2: like, I just feel like I am a gay man, but I'm not, or something like that. And he's
1: like, <laughs> he's like, I feel like I could like watch RuPaul Andrew all ben, day and stuff. So. No
0: one is 100 percent straight, so check yourself. It's a
1: spectrum, buddy. Yeah, come on. Oh wow. <laughs> but yeah, I just think I also was like, oh, I, I, I haven't like clocked that. He was incredible in that movie as well.
0: Okay, well, so are you picking silence? I'm
1: picking silence. I think the. Um, as I said, Mishima does everything that I wish genres did more, which is go. What's the most clever, unique, original, stylistic way we could tell this story and mm. do it? Mishima is possibly one of the best examples I've ever seen of that. Of yeah. being like, here's the best way to tell this story. Like,
0: bring it to life. Yeah.
1: What it made me. Oh, it made me think of um, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, which mm-hmm. also does the thing of being like, if we're going to tell the story of Mr. Rogers, we'll tell it. What's the best way to convey his experience in the world Mm. through the lives of the the people he touched like through how he affected other people Mishima equally is like how do you tell the soul of a writer by having their stories in there that's cute that's Um, a good idea but silence made me feel and connect and I am still thinking about it and Mm. when Meg was watching it upstairs I like would pause my movie and come upstairs for different bits and just be like Oh my god! Amazing yeah. movie. They're oh. both. If I could give them both more than five stars, I would. Wow. Um, but oh. I am picking Damn. Silence. Picking Silence.
0: Eliza, you are the, Determinator.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: determinator. It. <laughs> I <get> De- it. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just picturing like Arnold Schwarzenegger like judging a spelling um, (laughs) (laughs) bee.
2: Honestly, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Um, So something that I thought, uh, I don't know why I'm putting off saying which movie I'm going to pick, but um, (laughs) something I thought that we would talk about a bit more is um, that these are both, like you said, a second ago, Meg, um, these are both like Western directors, Mm. specifically like American East Coast directors. There's, they're from the exact same little yeah. collective, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Like yeah. They're the new and Hollywood boys. Yeah. They made movies together. Um, yeah. And the boys both made. The boys. <laughs> the boys. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, I'm not Japanese. I can't really give them a tick of approval or anything. Mm. But it looks like when the credits roll, it looks like they really did collaborate with Japanese writers and yeah. like um, local casting crew and stuff like that. Mm. And yeah. Like watching them, I didn't feel like these movies were very othering or like out of touch, exoticizing
0: about Japan or anything. I think you're right about that. And I think it's also worth noting Paul Schrader's brother, who he co wrote Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters, Leonard Leonard is like acclaimed as being quite a, like Leonard, he's obviously American, but like he's acclaimed as being quite like Like a scholar of Japanese culture. Yeah, a scholar of Japanese
1: culture. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, Yeah. Have they written anything else together? I don't know. Paul Shader really is just one of those guys that it's like, especially because of more. First Reformed, it's like, we got to be having this conversation about you more, buddy. You're doing yeah. things. Well, oh, So good.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree. Well, yeah. Eliza, your cat oh. is meowing for your answer. <laughs>
2: Please,
1: Mom, She wants her answers. Yeah. Pick a
2: movie. <laughs> um, okay. So I was just using that little that question to basically yes. get at it. I think the... What what um Paul Schrader I was about to say Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider, oh <laughs> what Rob Schneider Can you imagine dear. if Rob the Schneider, what Schneider came out? What Paul Schrader is doing here, I think, is the best thing that a foreign director can do when working in another country, which is yeah, mm-hmm. being a bit bold. Like mm-hmm. he still did his research, but he told this really bold story about a Japanese cultural figure that someone from that country I don't know if they would have been able to. Could do, tell which, yeah, totally. Yeah, which you said no at the start of the episode, saying like, you know, this this character has these weird problems with his masculinity, his like right wing like delusions of grandeur or whatever. And mm. because Paul Schrader is coming from this more liberal like American filmmaking scene, he can jump in and be like, huh, I wonder what this is about that he really totally. identifies with this like young, very feminine looking male sex worker, huh? Mm. And like. Yes. Yeah, Um, it goes further than I think the native culture seems Willing to go, yeah. (laughs) Where like Scorsese, as much as I love Marty, I think Silence at times kind of reminded me me of um, a movie I don't like that much, which is the Bertolucci movie, The Last Emperor, where it can sometimes to me feel like an American or Western, you know, Bertolucci's European, I guess, Mm. director, being so, so careful and considerate with how they tell an Asian story that it sort of loses a little bit of the magic, where it's like you did it's an amazing othering. job, sweetie, yeah. but like I can tell, like this is like new territory to you. Yeah, and it it can feel a bit labored. it's cautious or tentative. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so I'm picking machine up. Sorry, that was such a long oh, rant. No, I like that. <laughs> no, it's good. I really do. I
1: I've lost a fair few times on this show. I have to say, but I'm proud it's of it. Hurt. I stick by it. It's no, I, felt, a, I, thought I thought I'd lose. I thought I'd lose. I'm glad I was floored by a movie this week. Don't yeah. you love that? When you're like, damn, I yeah. got knocked when out by a movie. When you about
2: it, I'm jealous of you. I'm like, oh, I wish I'd had that experience. Yeah, that was I'm literally jealous. it. Also awesome. because
1: I've really read reviews at the time being like, you know, like it's a big, long, intense mm-hmm. thing. And some people also being like, I feel like I used to read reviews being like, oh, it's really complicated or it's blah, blah, blah. And I just thought like, it felt like it went for 20 minutes. Like I literally wow. was locked yeah. in. I couldn't believe it. That's good. I'm glad Dude. you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Max, Max, wait, well, well done, Machima. Yeah, I get it. Oh, gotta,
0: Max. I can see Max disliking it. Like he yeah. warned me about it. He was like, you will hate it so much. And wait, I what? don't wait, watch wait, Silence. Are you kidding? I don't want to watch What, Max didn't, like Max didn't like it? Max didn't like it. I couldn't <laughs> do it, Max. Just i remember It's I'm bad.
1: Like, I don't like that <laughs> really <bad>. it. It's <laughs> My cat Beans isn't in it. That's the only thing of your boyfriend I can do. He's a great guy. He just comes on the show and I'm mean to him. Don't really know him well enough to do that, but I enjoy that's
0: what it. I do. <laughs> well, should we get to triplet in the attic? Let's do it. Yes. now it is time for triplet in the attic it's the segment where we take a third piece of media that can act as a thematic triplet for our double feature of the week um and we'll recommend it to you um do you want to get the ball rolling Noah?
1: yeah sure um as you guys so cleverly picked up on my one this week is the mission um which is i kind of picked it i was thinking of just picking its score but i really loved the film as well um it's a 1986 the Maraconi
2: um, score,
1: yes, the Maraconi score. Rip. Rest in peace, beautiful man. Mum and Dad
2: danced that at their wedding or something. It,
1: it did. It's what they—they
2: they danced to it. I think they walked down the aisle. To <laughs> it. Or something. No, mum keeps on saying <laughs> all
1: week. Mum keeps on saying, oh, "I didn't walk down the aisle to it, but like it was um, at the reception or something." Oh. But if you say the mission, mum's like, "Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. What an amazing composer." Anyway, it's another movie about missionaries that has Liam Neeson in it um and it's more like interestingly i guess touches on it really hones in on the thing of like the framework of the church as opposed to like the morals of the church which is a thing that we really relate to now where i go like the state of what christianity is as like a as like a, a corporation, not corporation, as an institution, that's the word, as an institution disgusts sometimes me. Sometimes
2: a corporation. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But, <laughs> like, but like the the heart and like the people who actually carry the torch of that are the thing that matters. Like the movie is full of incredible missionaries who are like begging their institution to care about like things, just being like clearly like you want are going to be on the wrong side of history. Um, and yeah, I thought it was really effective. It's wow. definitely too much of a like, you know, what we talk about with, um, like period drama films where it's just like, it's the story, it just mm. is the story. It is very like creative, uh, it doesn't really go outside of that or anything. Mm. But I really loved it and had really great performances. So yeah, Ooh, the mission.
2: Thanks, Noah. Awesome. Liz. Um, yeah, I wanted to. We've been talking about white creators taking on Japanese culture and history. So I wanted to pick something that also has like, The same theme of like Mm. agony, finding purpose in agony and like finding Mm. meaning in your suffering. So I chose Kirsten Dunn. (laughs)
1: Oh, we're Uh, 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 back.
2: Close. uh, I chose Kirsten Dunst's music video for her cover of Turning Japanese, where she wears a blue anime wig and she kind of dances around Harajuku and has fuck? a great time.
1: How do you fu- know these things? <laughs>
0: That's stupid.
1: It's That's really dumb. important. <laughs> but it's, uh, you no,
2: can actually an <laughs> triplet. Yeah. But, people
1: died, Eliza.
2: <laughs> I just want to let you know, some people have war in their countries. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it is it is a pretty goddamn racist music video. <laughs> like, I just, it, so it would bad. be a great palate cleanser between or after these very often quite bleak, intense, heavy. passionate yeah. movies. Anyone that does I mean, these like like movies back-to-back. Maybe back this to back is your back. intermission. Yeah, yeah. intermission. Yeah. If you do
1: these back-to-back, yeah. good good luck, fuck. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, thanks for that, Eliza, I guess. I also I have to tell you about an interaction I had that is yeah. relevant to this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Guess I think well? the reason I'm thinking about Kirsten Dunst is I didn't meet her, like don't, mm. yeah, but I've recently started working in a juice shop and this customer was kind of staring at me for a long time after I'd given them their food mm. and before they left, They came inside the shop and they were like, I just realized who you reminded me of. You look so much like Kirsten Dunst. And I was like, "Oh, Aww. from Bring It On," and they were like, "No, no, 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 from Mom, From Mama. and they couldn't remember any movies. Just <laughs> so say uh, like, "Spider Man
1: Three, <laughs> Elizabeth, Spider Man Three,
2: Oh, I love then, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, and I said that. I was like, "Oh, she deserves so nice. better." I love her. Yeah. yeah. And the customer said, "Oh, really? I find her face really annoying." <gasps> what? What <a gasps> are you? <cute. she laughs> I'm not kidding. I was did like, they see you,
1: you mean the face that you? You literally had to stop me you and are remind me to? of? Oh my, oh my god! god. No, that's like mean that? girls level, like, for sure. That is, that's so something mean. Regina George would say. That's so but true. I can't believe
2: someone insisted on negging you at your job.
1: Yeah. I know.
2: I, wow. well, for one thing, I'm not that offended because I don't think I actually do look like her at all. No, I, think I don't do I a know. A little bit. Yeah. But well, I had my mask on. To say yeah, so maybe, maybe the top half that. of my face looks like Kirsten. Yeah.
1: yeah. she. It's so sad. She does interviews all the time. That I've been like, my whole career is people being like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about you that isn't hot. And she's like, I didn't ask to be this. I'm just yeah. an actress. I love yeah.
0: Kirsten Dunst.
1: Yeah, I like her too. A lot.
0: I think in she interviews she more. said
2: where she's like, I should be more famous, basically. And it's yeah, like, well, that's a bit cocky, but you're absolutely right. No, well, what I
0: think her big biggest thing was saying like I was put in these films that I really stand by and I love but what people saw me as in it was like the hot character like the pretty character mm. like the manic pixie dream girl or whatever and then that's all they thought that I could do and then when yeah. I tried to do more I sort of wasn't given it yeah totally or like she worked with dickheads like Lars von Trier mm. um Oof. but I love her we should do more Kirsten Dunst. Her I'll TV show it. is Kirsten apparently Dunst. really, really good. Let's the do that the one. The Florida do, one. I haven't seen Melancholia.
1: I want to watch Melancholia. Don't watch Melancholia. Ugh. You don't like Melancholia? What?
0: Painful. What? It's so pretty and so painful. Oh. Anyway. Um, yeah.
1: Lars, <laughs> interesting man. We'll get back to <laughs> me, that another day. It's so
2: pretty and so painful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Let's get to me. My
1: triplet, <laughs> my triplet in the my attic. My turn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my triplet in the attic this week is another Paul Schrader movie that deserved more like Keston Dunst. It's first reformed. <laughs> it's, we've already talked have about it. Have you said
1: first reformed as a triplet in the attic before?
0: I may have. I don't remember. I love it. So. I'm not sure. I just When I leave it. this table everything that we've spoken about leaves my mind. And if I don't listen to the episode again, it's as if this it, never happened. Just so you no, know. It just, just I'm
2: returns sorry. to smoothness. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So um, First Reformed is a really good movie that deserved more in my eyes. It is it is actually quite similar to Silence in the sense that it's about a man grappling with his faith and it also talks about sort of like the climate crisis and um, environmental activism but also activist like terrorism And it's really good. Amanda Seyfried Seyfried, is really, really good in it too. And um, I think you should watch it. I love Amanda Seyfried as well.
1: All these great actresses that we love.
0: Yeah. Good for us. Good discussion today, guys. What a
1: challenging, thoughtful discussion we had today. I
0: thought that was a good one. Not even bitter about losing. Yeah, that was fun. I'm glad we talked about those movies. If you guys enjoyed it as much as we did, be sure to subscribe so you get all our new episodes. They come out every Sunday. Um... Actually, with everything going on with COVID, there might be a little bit more space out. We're not really sure what we're doing right now.
1: Yeah. Just we're flagging our best. that.
0: The world is tenuous right now. so Just yeah. join us on this ride. Join us if it's you can. Just have fun.
1: Who knows? Yeah. And be and yourself.
0: Time doesn't even exist. So if we don't like Anyway, so be sure to to subscribe. Also, um, we have our socials, Facebook and Instagram that you can follow us on. And you can also tune into or pay attention to Rough Cut, Eliza. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, Rough Cut is the website that I helped co-found and uh, there's just good stuff coming out on it every week. And it's at roughcutfilm.com.
1: It's the best. And if you would like to, again, you have so much time. You can literally listen to this episode, be like, hey, in the next week, I'm going to watch these two movies. So I'm ready for the episode next week. We're doing a little bit of a who done it, a how done it, a what done it,
0: where done it, where. Who am
1: I? Am I dead? Because we're doing Clue. I wish I were
2: dead.
1: <laughs> Don't we all? We're doing Clue and Knives Out. We're doing two little whodunit.
2: You know what I'm realising? We should have on Clue and Clueless. Fuck no, we shouldn't hell. have. Yes, that's oh, so good.
1: It is quite good. And Get
2: a Clue, the Lindsay Lohan movie. Oh, of like, course. Because she's like... She's to, I
1: can't think of anything else. Called of the blues month. clues. Oh, okay. <laughs> and blues clues and multiple episodes of blues clues. Great. Great. Yeah. So that's for next week's episode if you want to listen on one.
0: Thanks so much for listening, Yay. guys.
1: Thanks, crew. I'm to go off. now,
0: I really have to pee.
1: But okay. thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye.
2: <laughs> Bye. See